1: enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone.
2: Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. I'm so glad you could join us tonight. I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro, as always. Um, He is a Native storyteller, and he and his wife have created a legacy that is quite amazing. Please check them out on on Google and uh, see what Native storytelling is, was, and will continue to be a wonderful way of preserving history that goes way beyond the written word. Tonight... We, I, we, I have an amazing author here and, and a book that, that um, I have already recommended to so many people. It's, it's really quite amazing. The book is Karma and Reincarnation, Unlocking Your 800 Lives to Enlightenment. And it's an amazing book. Um, and you all know I have, I have, gosh, I'm sounding Southern all of a sudden. All of you know that I have read tons and tons of books and i always read the books before i do an interview this one is special we have lived an extraordinary series of lives that has led us to our present experience and the life we're living now will prepare us for lives yet to be lived this book is a fully practical handbook to the ins and outs of the karmic cycle and a field guide to the spiritual plane and how reincarnation works it dives deeper into the mystery of your soul's person potential and how to understand your past, present, and future lives from a higher perspective. It will help you to uncover your own destiny and what you can do to unravel the mystery of your soul's journey. It brings together the design of the world beyond the mechanics of karma. It gives the practical guidelines and tools to deal effectively with karmic situations and avoid generating adverse karma. It helps to align readers with their spiritual purpose, it shows readers how to face and resolve their karmic troubles, and it provides essential keys to spiritual development. Dimitri Muratis is is co-founder and executive director of Spiritual Arts Institute, the premier school for metaphysics, meditation, and spiritual growth. He's an accomplished teacher and spiritual healer, and co-founder of Communing with the Divine, karma and reincarnation the healing power of your aura and change your aura change your life the book is amazing and as you will see as we go through some of the the sections of it here and some of the aspects of it 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 gives you a tremendous amount of wonderful insight as to what's going on in your life so that you can't sit back and think you know, oh, I'm so lucky everything is going my way, or damn, what did I do wrong that all of this is falling in on me? So, um, and, and, and in between, too. And it also gives you information as to how to, how to judge situations as to whether they're karmic or not. And um, as I said, it's an amazing, amazing book. It gives you also meditations that you can utilize so it covers a tremendous amount of ground and it's not a it's not an exceedingly long book and chapter by chapter it does lead you to enlightenment of some really unusual kinds. So welcome to the show, Dimitri.
3: Oh, thank you, Barbara, for having me on. It's a delight.
2: Always a delight to have you on. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the last book that I read that you co co authored and and um, it, it's, this book especially really resonated with me because I, I have people coming constantly and asking about reincarnation, and I try to explain them that, yeah. that reincarnation is not a hopscotch through life and just, you know, oh, I'll go here and oh, I'll go there and next time I'll be rich and next time I'll be a soldier. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not that way. And where we might on a physical plane sit and say, all right, I know the things I didn't like this lifetime. Can I make a list and take it with me so that the next lifetime I'm going to be able to have it my way so to speak so um, I, I, your book gives gives a, a better explanation as to the purpose of reincarnation
3: right right uh, and it's it is an essential part of life so the more we understand that the the better we're going to cooperate with the process. Um, You know, coming back to Earth is not new. We've all done it many times. In a way, it's kind of like we're starting this life. Imagine you're reading a novel, and you just decide to start reading on Chapter 15. (laughs) You know, and then you're kind of trying to figure out where things are going uh, because there are all these things that happened before, and, of course, trying to figure out where you're going. So, if we realize that this incarnation is a chapter in our book of life, it does change our point of view. Rather than feeling we have to accomplish everything in this life, we realize, well, we have to accomplish the things we're meant to do in this life, and there'll be time to accomplish other things. Um, When uh, Henry Ford, you know, the automaker adopted, I guess, the theory of reincarnation, when he was interviewed, he said, please when you write this, write it in a way that puts people's minds at ease, ease because now it makes me understand I have time to create. It's a lot of pressure to think that we have one little lifetime, one shot at life, and if we goof it up, well, that's just too bad. Um, that doesn't sound like a very loving God doing that. <laughs> yeah. no, so the idea come you know, many times.
2: It, it's funny because there are times... It's. uh, I know in my life, my mother gave me piano lessons, and I, you know, I screwed it all up, and I did. I didn't last long. And yet, my entire life, I have always felt like I should have been a pianist. And and Mm. and I don't know if it's just a leftover from a past life, or it's where I'm going next life. But I I will often, you know, play on on a surface as though it was a piano. Knowing it's not, of course, but 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 th- there's also a part of me that says, I don't really want to go for music lessons this life, <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's, it's it's a drive. How do you how do you tell the difference between your your yearning this lifetime in the, in a physical you know physical form, and and what is a karmic draw that that you could have or should have taken taken a part of
3: well first of all you know we tend to think of karma sometimes as the bad things oh i got karma in this situation and but karma is simply the law of cause and effect so if people come in with talents and abilities and desire and desires now interesting you said at a young age um that usually means there's something that you're carrying over from another life. Now, it doesn't uh-huh. mean every lifetime, if you're interested in music, you've got to be a musician every lifetime because <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be very one-sided, right? But, right. you know, yeah, it's very possible another lifetime you were a pianist, but maybe in this lifetime um, the love is there, the interest is there, but maybe that's not the direction you were meant to go in this lifetime. So we only have so much we can get done in a particular incarnation. And sometimes we pick up things later on. Now, what can happen, like there are those that, um, let's say someone has a great desire to sing, they get every chance they can, but, you know, they choose a, a life, a different kind of a life, maybe in business or something, but that energy was always there and maybe they even died with it. Well, you know, when you, of course, when you talk about reincarnation, you're not only talking about this side, you're talking about the other side of life. Well, you may, you may do that next time. You, you may continue that, that thinking on the other side. And yes, it's possible in another life it may become a bigger part of you. The most important thing, though, is if you have a talent for something, if you have a desire for something, you should be pursuing it. You shouldn't just let it sit on the vine and say, oh, too bad. Uh, Again, it doesn't mean you're going to become a Pavarotti or an Einstein or, you know, but it means you should be doing it. There's a reason you have that urge. I I actually happened with piano, too. Uh, At two years old, my mom would say, you know, if there's a piano in the room, I'd run to it. Um, And I almost did consider a career in it. Um, In high school, I got pretty serious. But then I saw what the career actually was and what would take to reach it. And something just told me, this is before I had my spiritual awakening, I said, no, this is a love I'll have all my life, but it's not meant to be my career. So yeah. that was clearly something, okay, I brought in the love, but not this lifetime. I had other things I need to accomplish.
2: Well, yeah, I have found that, that well, <clears throat> well my fingers no longer have the memory of music, but, but, I I knit and I crochet and I paint and I write. So my fingers have have you know always had a job one way or mm-hmm. another.
3: <laughs> there so, you go. Um, and you're creative obviously. Yeah.
2: Yes. So music's so a very
3: creative pursuit,
0: right?
2: So what what why is it important to a degree for us to understand uh the reincarnation process because it, while it's important for us to understand the process, it's not necessarily important for us to really know what those past lives were.
3: No, not specifically. But what happens is, many times, we, when we're studying this subject, we're studying it. Oh, I don't want to say, um, like at a theoretically. The 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 point is, all of us come to this earth with unfinished business, every single person. If we didn't have something to learn, something to work out, we, we'd be done with this incarnating process. The Indians talk about getting off the wheel of karma, off the wheel of necessity. And that happens when you have learned everything you can here. So, but there's a time for everything under the sun, so there are many, 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 many things to learn. But what is important is that whatever karma you bring in, good or not so good, you've got to work on it in this lifetime. Now, it doesn't always mean you recognize it as karma. For example, you may have someone that's not aware of any of this. Let's say they have a difficult parent or a difficult sibling or a difficult spouse or child. There's something in their life that's been a real challenge for them, but they stuck it out. And it resolved itself, it, whatever it was that the tension resolved, whether it, it, it turned into a loving relationship or just a more neutral. Well, many times those people do not realize they were working out a karmic situation. It actually resolved it. They, they paid the debt. They learned the lesson, and it resolved itself. The whole thing was karmic, but they never put the label karma on it. So one of the things we do encourage in our classes and students is you know, be careful not to run away from adversity or things that initially appear sometimes difficult. Uh, and we're not saying look for trouble. But, for example, uh-huh. if you are in a in a marriage and the marriage is, is the, you're feeling like, you know, I want to bail. Now, in today's world, it's easy to do that, right? Other times it was not so easy to do that. But before you do that, even though it It is not as difficult as it used to be, depending on what the situation is. What if there's unfinished business between the two of you? Do you really want to walk away from this, leaving the karma unfinished? Because if we don't resolve the karma, we'll have to face it again, and it'll be more difficult the next time because we didn't take advantage of the opportunities that were in front of us. For example, let me give you a a quick story of this. Um, There was a woman that came for consultations some years ago, and she was constantly complaining about her mother, that her mother didn't appreciate her and that she did nothing wrong and this bad attitude the mom had spilled into the siblings, and she was just really frustrated and angry. And, um, you know, it came through through a couple of these consultations. This was karmic. Uh, she had karma with her mother now it it registered superficially, but it did not change at all her attitude to her and Then, as we gotten a little deeper, <clears throat> now again, and this is not regressive therapy or anything, but <clears throat> when Barbara was doing the, the karma chart work, she was able to work with a higher and get some insight and when the insight she got was that if your mom. In a past life, this was centuries ago, in Spain, you were the husband and she was the wife, and you abandoned her with all the children, leaving all the children to her. And especially in those days, that was a really tough thing to do that. Yeah. And the anger that that, the wife had from that life carried over to this life, where now the wife in that life is the mother in this life. So the, the anger that the, the mother was feeling in this life was not stemming from anything that was happening in this life. It was pulling in from a past life. Now, here's the real interesting part of this. Remember, the, the, the woman in this life, even though she's hearing this, you know, she's been angry at her mom for a long time, right? So uh-huh. she's still kind of in that distressed state. So we asked her, well, karma's a teacher, so now you know what, why your mom is acting the way she is. On an unconscious level, she's not aware of this. We asked her, well, what do you think your lesson is? And she thought about it for a moment, and then she said, in kind of a defiant tone, to stand up for myself, to not take it even from my mother. So that session ended. She went and did that, right? Right. And again, we saw her again in a couple of weeks, and we asked her, well, how did it go? Not so well. The mother got more angry, and even on her point, she felt more frustration. So she started to realize, that's not my lesson. I already am standing up for myself. That's not the issue. And then it started to glimmer. And I bring this up because I always remember this. It's such a beautiful moment when she started to realize, oh, Maybe I need to be nice to my mom, even if she's not nice to me. And she tried that approach, and the last time we saw her, she was a completely different person. Now, mom didn't suddenly act like a saint to her, but her attitude had completely changed, and she no longer felt like a victim anymore. And uh-huh. she, had, she had resolved some of this internal... now. She will still have to deal with her mother, but now she understood how to do it. So this is the key with with karma is be careful you're not going by the surface of something. There could be deeper roots that are happening here, and if you get too much of a knee-jerk reaction, you could be missing the bigger lesson because karma is, is an opportunity. Karma is a chance. If you spilled the milk, here's your chance to clean it up. So it's not punishment. It's the opportunity to set the record straight, bring things back into harmony. So you, you don't want to run away from those moments. You want to say, thank you, God, this is my golden opportunity to fix something that I broke.
2: Well, even if you don't have that awareness, asking of yourself, what is my lesson here? And understanding the lesson is usually not don't get into this kind of a situation again it's you know what am i supposed to learn from this and but it's hard to tell what is really a karmic lesson and what is just bad luck um not karmic but you know you've made you've made <laughs> Well the that's true not torch. everything is karmic not yeah. everything
3: is karmic and people get caught into that trap too but what you start to discover is that the tools you're going to use, whether it's karma or not, are fairly similar. You know, you're still going to use a lot of the same things you would do if it is karma. And as Barbara would say, if you're not sure, treat it as if it were. Right. Now, if things are, for example, there was another, story, another woman in the classes, she would complain that, you know, her boss never appreciated her. And in the beginning you're kinda, of, you know, siding with her. And then you she goes to another job and it's the same complaint. And then it's a the third job, the same complaint. So when something repeats that many times, there's obviously a it's not super, it's not just what's happening at the moment. There's something deeper going on. And then there again there was the lesson with her. She thought she should be the one in the authority position. And she was making life difficult to the boss rather than helping the boss. And I don't know in her case how much she real, uh, that sunk in, but one of the telltale signs of karma is when you do feel checkmated that no matter uh-huh. what you do, you seem to be coming back to the same thing. Yeah, if you have a bad job, a, ba- a bad job, bad boss, you get away, you get another one, everything's fine. Okay, it was just a bad boss. So that journey seems to follow you wherever you go. Well, then there's something else you've got to look for. There's a when the the pattern is trying to show you something, and then there you've got to look at the the potential deeper roots of things.
2: Yeah, it's just to me, it's in life we can we we often create situations that 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 are learning tools for us, but not necessarily karmic. And and like Barbara said you know, wise, wise woman named Barbara, um, you know, it, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I have found <clears throat> probably in the last 20, 25 years, when I come, when I'm hitting a brick wall, it's okay, this is a lesson for me. So, so what's the lesson? What am I supposed to draw from this? How am I supposed to grow from this experience? And, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes I I hit a brick wall and a brick wall is just a brick wall. But then oftentimes there are lessons to it. I'm not, you know, but, but, you know, there are times when you get in situations with people that are not in your, in your, um, in your immediate circle of people that you deal with. They're, They're often maybe even strangers. And, and so, when you have a conflict like that is 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 that necessarily something karmic from a past life that you just have to tie up in a in a bow and put to bed or 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 does karma come at you like that out of nowhere, and then once you've dealt with it, it goes away
3: Well, it can come out of the blue, in other words, if you're saying, "Hey, I was fine, and now I got this you know deathly illness or something happened um Again, that could be just bad luck, it's possible, or it could, be, it could be karmic, but you're asking the right questions, how should I be handling this? Now, one of the things, any time you start feeling like a victim in a situation, already you're playing the losing hand. So yeah. we've got to remember, we're not always going to be able to be in control of our environment, but we are in complete control of us. So we can decide how we're going to handle. And going back to that story of the woman, what made it hard for her to see what to excuse me, what to really do was she was so caught up in the emotion of the moment. If you're very emotional about something, that is not the time to be objective. What you need to Trip. do, and that's why we we love meditating. You've got to get into a more neutral state so that you can understand, oh, wow, let me see this from a different perspective. If you can only see one perspective, then you're myopic, and it's going to be hard to see the truth. When we've uh, consulted couples, which we haven't done that much of, but one of the things that always fascinated me with that, and it happened almost every time if there was a a conflict with with a couple is When you're hearing one person describe the other person before, let's say, you've met them, and then you meet them, the image that they have portrayed and what you actually see are hardly ever the same thing. Right. And what you're realizing is that they are projecting a lot of their personal feelings, and they're not really giving you a description of the other person. It's their subjective thing, and then you realize, well, here's half the battle – you're not even seeing the other person right now. You're seeing one piece uh-huh. of something and you're so focused on that and that's why it's hard for you to feel a sense of resolution. you know we we like to tell our students you you want you do it's, I know it sounds strange, but you want to bless people that can push a button
2: because uh-huh. it's
3: showing a weakness in you, you know. If a stranger yells at you on the street, you're not going to react to that other than think, well, oh, my God, are they going to mug me or something? But you're not going to have an <laughs> emotional reaction with somebody you don't know. But if somebody you love says something and it hurts you deeply, that's a very different story. So these that's, are the yeah. things that we have to really realize.
2: I had, um, and I do believe it was karmic, when I moved to Connecticut, there was a woman who lived two houses away from me, and um, she hated me. And uh, I think because she hated the people that lived in the house I, I bought, but, but she hated me, and she was nasty, and she was rude. And and my first reaction was to saddle up my horse and go into battle. And I tried <laughs> ignoring it, and, and I have I, – in my past, I've had a very sharp tongue. So if anybody gets in, got into a battle with me, I could, I could tear them to pieces in a heartbeat. And, you know, at one point, you know, not wanting to do that, I just said to myself, she's not good. She's not enough of a competition. I'm I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do this, but that didn't work. And she kept going at me and going at me and going at me. And, and at one point when she was really tearing me to pieces, I just looked at her and she had been ill. And I said, you know, you're looking a lot better and your garden looks beautiful. And she kept coming at me and I kept telling her how, how beautiful her garden was. And <laughs> and then I, I just walked away. And, and as I'm walking away, it was like, oh, that's how your path is, you know. <laughs> but but <laughs> what what I got, you know, in retrospect was, she was giving me a mirror as to what I would become if I sank to that level oh. and
0: okay. it was
2: It was like I don't want to be her and it was It was really strange because she never treated me the same again and and it was like she, she stopped attacking that. me. Yeah. Well, not really better, but 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 you know, I would say I would say 75% better, so that she was, you know, I didn't have her over for tea, but but um, okay. you know it was it was sort of like it was an amazing lesson. But had I not tried to figure it out as it was happening, um, I don't think I ever would have come to that conclusion. And I swear that had to be karmic, because. Nobody can hate me that yeah, fast. you could have been. You, yeah. so you, you have to, you have to well, get yeah. to know me to hate me, you know, what I mean, <laughs> or love me, you know. Well, that's true. But, that's
3: true. Well, it, it goes both ways, exactly. It, it, well, the thing is, we don't generally remember past lives, but they are in our subconscious, so there can be an unconscious reaction to something. So this is why sometimes when you meet somebody, you have like an instant attraction, yeah sometimes yeah. it's simply an attraction, but other times unconsciously you are remembering something very pleasant about that person, and that is just eliciting a wonderful response and other times it's the opposite you know if there's somebody in your medium for the first time and just they seem to be nice, but you just think you it's like your skin starts starts to crawl
0: oh, yeah. unconsciously,
3: <laughs> you may be remembering something that wasn't so pleasant, so yes, yeah, so that's how uh, but I do love Gandhi's line, it's nature's kindness not to literally remember it, because that could be very overbearing. And we have oh, enough yeah. on our plate right now with the life that we're dealing We don't need to saddle it up with a lot of other ones. Yeah.
2: So. Well, you know, I, I've been in this field for, for over 50 years now, and um, I can't tell you how many uh, kings and queens I have met who have told me from a past life they were – cleopatra or they were you know
0: right um
2: right. and 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 it's like you know i just look at them and say wow that's that's really cool um how many know, gonna,
3: can there be <laughs> you know.
2: right it's just yeah, you know yeah. she she was just here a few days a few days ago you know but i i found interesting also which it's interesting but confusing where where we can have emotional karma, we can have physical karma, we can have intellectual karma and and then from a personal level we can go to a um you know a a, a cultural ca- karma, um a national karma, a world karma. I mean, how I mean there's so many karmas, how do you deal with them all?
3: Well, the thing is again, let's go back to what karma is. It, it comes from a, a Sanskrit word just simply meaning action. There's a whole beautiful philosophy in the Hindu faith called karma, karma yoga, the law of uh-huh. right action. Now, we have come to assimilate it, uh, associate it with action and its natural consequence. So and that's the biblical phrase, what you, what you sow, you reap. So that means motion is happening on all levels. So it's happening personally, and yes, it's happening collectively, absolutely. But also, like you were differentiating, the karma happens in the kind of action you take. So, for example, let's say you're having some money karma. and You know, let's say in a past life you really misused money, and now you're feeling the effects of not having enough. You don't understand that, but you're saying, I don't understand I'm such a nice person. How come I'm having so many money problems? Well, it has nothing to do with being a nice person. Maybe that part of your life is fine, but you didn't know how to handle money. So you've got to fix it. It's just like saying, how come I'm drowning? I'm such a nice person. Well, if you don't know how to swim, you're going to drown. So you have to pay back the karma in the area it was created. That's the big key. And we do have these different areas. So, yeah, there can be a relationship karma, career karma, financial karma, and like you mentioned, physical karma. There's even a spiritual karma, a karma with nature. These dynamics are all in motion. And what you want to pay attention to is, you know, are, when something is bringing itself to your attention, are you paying attention to it? You know, don't worry about finding karma. Your karma will find you. And if that oh, yeah. moment does come up, to recognize it for what it is. Don't try to make it something else. Now, with collective karma, the, for example, yes, there is a country karma, right? The country you live in, you partake of that collective karma. Uh, well, how do you help with that? Well, do your civic duty. You know, we just had a, as we know, a midterm elections. Did you vote? Did you get involved? Did you did you participate? So we have to work, whether it's in our cities or states or provinces or countries, we have to play our part because the whole idea of civilization is to work together. The whole basic lesson of world karma, let's say, is cooperation, learning to work together. And because the world is becoming more of a village now than ever before, uh, because of technologies and able to communicate from other parts of the world much easier than before Um, it's calling us to be a more responsible citizen of the world and uh, yes karmas are happening as well so the basic part on our part is to simply play our part again I'm quoting Gandhi seems a bit tonight you know be the change you want to see in the world Uh so rather than complaining why are things this way stop with the gloom and doom scenarios if there's something you see that you can make better then just do your part to make it better and leave the rest up to god
2: that's a big you know yeah it 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 you know especially when you're looking at national and world karma and and just wondering um you know what is what is at the now, now certainly a country's karma, or a, a nation's karma, or a, or a town's karma, as far as that goes, um, is there a lesson to learn for for? Let's take the United States. Um, the, the you know we're going through a time of upheaval, and so are a lot of other countries. But but what did the United States do to? bring that karma on, and how can we as individuals help to alleviate that karma?
3: Well, to answer the second part first is if you see a wrong being done
0: uh-huh.
3: and you're not doing anything to, to help correct it, then you're, as they say, you're part of the problem. You know, it's still, I think, even let's say with these last elections, I think what is it still maybe just a little bit better than 50% of the voting population actually voted? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not, don't quote me on that, it, but it's very, it's shockingly low. I think, well, that means as a, even if it's three quarters, it means 25% of the voting population didn't even get engaged. And many times they don't get engaged because they feel they have a the voice. It won't matter anyway there's a sense of discouragement from getting involved. in the It's all corrupted. They paint a very negative picture, so they figure, why even get involved? And that's the biggest mistake that you can make. Uh, I love, we, we, you know, we can tell, like, okay, if you see a person drowning, and you're a great swimmer, let's say, do you say to them, you know, maybe it's your karma to drown. I'm just going to let you drown.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're laughing. No. You get in there and you help, you know. Yeah. Actually, you create karma there. So with with civic, with a nation, now, you know, the United States has enjoyed a lot of good karma. And this has to do with centuries of, like, pioneers, the, the ones that did not make the headlines, that helped, shall we say, build the backbone of this country. So the prosperity that the country is seeing now, the opportunity is still so much compared to many other countries. People still want to come study here in the universities from even other countries. It's because of all the opportunity here, and it's still the forerunner of so many world innovations that are going on right now because of good karma that it's earned in the past. Now, we also know there are dramas going on right now, and that means, yes, there could have been some things that were, were going on, despite the good stuff that was happening that was not so good and this is the time to correct and balance the slate right now i think right now a lot of our lessons are about you know we do remember we were worried not that long ago about nuclear holocaust right that that the world we were just going to blow ourselves to bits and that was going to be the end of it um now the Potential still there, but we're, we're it's not making headline news as it was. But I think we're in another great learning period. The the uh, the information age. How, how how do you discern truth from falsehood? Um, yes. Judge Souter, one of the great you know judges, said a democracy doesn't work if people are not informed. If, if it is a democratic situation, you're asking people to make Decisions going you know, to affect the country. The, the decisions have to be made on good information, and you're hearing things like disinformation travels the Internet six times faster than the truth. So we're in, a, we're in, a, we're in an age right now where we have to almost take the Socratic method and really challenge our, what we're accepting too readily. Where are you really getting that source from? Who are you listening to? Because one of the beautiful things when you study, as you know, metaphysics and the aura is truth is not subjective. Truth uh-huh. is objective, just like the laws of the universe. You know, again, you don't say, oh, the laws are subject. No, you break a law, physical law of the universe, you're going to feel the effect. You break a spiritual law, it's the same way. In the aura, for example, if there is the dark energy in the mental center, the mental area of the aura, that's an unenlightened thought now however that however much that person may rationalize that thought it's a wrong thought It doesn't mean the person is bad; it just means that you've got to eject that thought you're you're focusing on the wrong thing, and when there are these more beautiful energies in the aura, it means you're you're inviting these more enlightened thinking so so that's the, the that's I think one of the big tests we're getting right now, and you know the United States is compared to other countries, still very young, and and sometimes they describe us as like teenagers in terms of the evolution of a, of a country that I, uh, I think we're also just going through some growing pains right now where we're just trying to mature as a society and there are other dynamics, of course, the financial ones, which is affecting the whole world right now. Um, so these things are going on concurrently, um, but we're not expected to just be able to change everything unless we're put in a position of leadership and by the way, if you are put in a, whether it's a parent or you're running a company or yes you're in a position of political power um, then you are you you i know you say that's when you're supposed to take the highest road of all because if other people are entrusted in your care. You know, for example, when, a let's say, a president takes the oath of office, there's the person, but then there's the presidential position. Well, the decisions that leader makes as president affects the karma of the country that that person is running. Now, things they do personally still affects them on a personal level. But Uh the the interesting thing about karma is you will feel it collectively. Uh, There was a – they were asking soldiers – soldiers were asking – you know, one of the big questions they ask them, they go into battle, they ask their chaplains this and others, will I be damned if I kill somebody? And they mean in the line of duty.
0: Uh-huh. You know, because
3: you're going to battle, you're going to kill people. It's, it, it's killing. It's, there's no other two ways about it. And interestingly enough, from the karmic point of view, you are not an individual. You are part of a larger unit. Now, if the country made a bad decision to go to war, that's a different story. But the soldier in that in that battle, if they are under orders and doing their work, and it may result in a fatal conflict, there's no real karma on that soldier because they're doing their duty. Now, if they go berserk and start doing what we now call war crimes, that's a different story. They've crossed the, they've crossed the line. But that's the same even with policeman or anybody that puts themselves in the line of duty but in an official capacity then they become part of the collective experience there otherwise you would never have a soldier you'd never have a, a police person because they're going to take the personal brunt of this now again if they go beyond the call of duty that's a different story but but we're looking at it how it works karmically well so when when we
2: Uh, Passover do we have do we suddenly get a a tally sheet of where we have good karma where we have bad karma do we choose which areas (laughs) we want to work on the next lifetime I mean I mean if if I got over there and I I saw you know almost all my things in good karma it would be well, let me do one of those because that would be kind of fun to have you know good stuff all over the place but is the point of reincarnation working on something or taking or taking the good stuff and making it better and, and helping other people more?
3: Well, it's both. Um, so there's, Earth is a school, right, and our souls are like students in the school. Um, there's no way in a single lifetime, no matter how good that lifetime is, that you're to uh-huh. learn all the lessons of life. This is literally impossible. It's like saying to the kindergartner, you did a great job in kindergarten, now you're uh-huh. ready for your PhD. It just ain't <laughs> going to happen, right? So you need to come back many uh-huh. times to perfect yourself, to experience, yes, being male, being female, rich, poor, successful, failure, all these things you're going to go through to enrich the soul. At the same time, the soul's going to make mistakes. Sometimes it's going to succeed in life. Sometimes it's going to go way off track. But in metaphysics teaches there's no soul past redemption. We're always given a second uh-huh. chance. So yes, we get to the other side. Not right away. There's a whole adjustment period that happens when we cross over and healing that happens. And again, there's a whole beautiful, and, that, and we outlined it in the book, the transition process. But at a certain time in that process, you do, have your life review. They're they're these great celestial beings, and they show you your book of life. And you see objectively, not subjectively. Remember, when we're remembering something that happened in the past, we're remembering it subjectively. We're remembering it as we experienced it, not Uh objectively. So when the book of life is shown, it's objective, and you see the good you've done, and you see also if you didn't do great things, you see it very, very clearly. And then, of course, they focus a lot on the unfinished business. They may say you did great here, great here. Oh, you left this and this undone. And, yes, they will have to be picked up. Now, whether it's in the immediate next five time or a little further down the line, that depends on other things going on because you have a whole tapestry of life. And, again, it remember you may have unfinished business from five lifetimes ago and let's say now this person is ready so they say oh no in your next lifetime you're going to meet this person from yes 500 years ago to work out that unresolved karma so it's in some ways you want to think of the individual lives as not linear not like a storytelling exactly but more like a mosaic You're, you're putting these different pieces together and then there's this sort of Grand, beautiful picture that's forming, and um, you know you're developing yourself that way. But we're not figuring this out on our own. There are loving, divine beings that are far more adept at this than us that that help us through the whole process. So, so it's a it's a very much a coordinated effort.
2: Well, it, you know, it's kind of like I I look at it and I I think. <clears throat> When we do cross over, there has to be a change in consciousness or, or and ego, for sure. Otherwise, we'd only choose to, you know, go with the good stuff. So does, does the ego kind of dissipate and step to the background, and we take a look at what, what really is our spiritual journey here, or... Is, does somebody sit down and say to us, you know, you got to work on this, you know, sometime? And the other thing that, that keeps popping up in my mind, the title of your book is Unlocking Your 800 Lives to Enlightenment. Where did the 800, the number, come from?
3: Well, those are two very different questions there. But let, let me start a little bit with the first one. Um, you don't become a saint just because you crossed over. Um no? If if you have not forgiven in this life, don't suddenly forgive in the next life. This is why you want to take care of your dirty laundry here, not when you get to the other side. As a matter of fact, what the higher has shared, that sometimes, yes, people hold a grudge on the other side. Because it's not, now, what you do drop what's called the personality ego. So the persona that's connected to your physical body, your physical self, yes, that does die. And when we grieve for someone, we're not so much grieving for the soul that is going on. We're grieving for the persona that we sort of fell in love with, you know, yeah. because that is for one lifetime. But we take our, you know, we, we take our light with us to the other side. Whatever we have earned, whatever we have not earned, we take to the other side. Now, yes, we are in a more beautiful place there um, but it, again, yes, they will definitely show. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, Barbara had many experiences on the other side, and there was a, someone she knew very well that had a, a bad gambling problem, and it really made a mess of his life, and he died too young, and all, all these things that happened. She said it's he's working, it's going to be years on the other side. He's, he's working on that. He, because it wasn't just the gambling, it was the roots of it, the feeling of insecurity. He couldn't make enough money to do what he really wanted to. He thought gambling would be the shortcut to fame and fortune. So there's many lessons that are left there, and then the higher will show. Yes, you you have to come back to learn this, 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 and this. Now they do help to empower you. One of the good things about when we are preparing for our incarnation is they empower us for success because obviously it would. I like to say our life on Earth is not mission impossible. It's mission possible. So we have all, whatever karma we're meant to tackle, we have the tools to succeed. Because no matter what mistakes we make, we have some very good things that happen. And again, like we said, let's say you were a great musician, but this last lifetime you weren't expressing it. Well, you might bring it back in another lifetime to work on other things. So it always balances out, you know. But, no, we, we have to take full responsibility for ourselves. And even the knowledge of the other side is important. You know, um, if you have no belief in an afterlife and, um, or no belief in God, and you're a hardcore atheist and just dust to dust, that's all there is, um, womb to tomb, uh, it can be quite a shocking experience on the other side to realize how alive you really are. So it helps that this knowledge, even though you may not bring it intact to the other side, it's in your soul. It's part of you. It's becoming a part of you. And that helps you enormously adjust when it is your time to go to the other side. So it is another reason why to live a a very spiritual life. And just do the best that you can here, and that will help you there. I, I like to say, you know, fulfilling what you came here to do is a triple blessing because it obviously blesses this life, it blesses the life on the other side, and it blesses the next life because you're not building on all the goodness that you earned in this lifetime. So the ripple effect of, of goodness is tremendous, which is why, again, just pay attention to the things that are so important to you. I mean, the big things that are happening in your life. Don't sweat over the little stuff so much. And make sure that the big things are, are well taken care of. And they, that will pay dividends in your evolution.
2: So, you know, it, it just, to me, it's like, okay, so if you, have, if you have talent of some sort, why would you not want to bring it forward every lifetime to sort of enhance it even further? Um, why would why would um gosh, Michelangelo, why would, you know, all of yeah, it 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 it's sort of like you think of people like um Gandhi, Mother Teresa, the Buddha, Jesus. Um now these are these are in this lifetime were highly enlightened people. Right. This, the I, I mean,
3: but they it, that. you don't. They earn that. They earn that. Okay. It didn't just happen. They built it up over many, many lifetimes. And what you're seeing is the crowning achievement of God knows how many lifetimes. You look at any success in any field of endeavor, there's an enormous amount of effort that went in there. And those people, yes, they do change the world. But they're not meant to be the examples. What does Jesus say? All these things you will do and more. They're uh-huh. meant to be examples of what we ourselves can do if we put ourselves to the task. So it, maybe it won't have a, a mission of a Buddha or a Jesus necessarily, but we can attain that same level of divinity no matter how many lifetimes it takes as we apply ourselves. So that, that's the goal, and you need to experience life in its variety. It cannot always be just one. You know, I, I don't know the stories, but Buddha used to talk about, as I understood it, the lifetimes when he wasn't Buddha.
0: Uh-huh. And things
3: that he was doing it wasn't necessarily super enlightened, because he was trying to teach that it was a road to get there, right? Who, who said there's never a saint without a past or a sinner without a future? So there's a, there's a journey there, right? So when we see somebody with tremendous achievement, we need to honor that. They earned that. It didn't just happen. And then it's also it's something we would like. All right, yeah, we may not be a Mozart in this life, but if music means that much to me over lifetimes, no matter how many it takes, I could get to that level of proficiency.
2: But these, these entities, these people incarnated. Great. So if if the reason for incarnation is to work out karma, does that mean all of them had karma that they were still working on?
3: Oh, absolutely. But remember, it's not just coming in to work out karma. It's coming in to learn and grow. Look, Mozart, someone used to complain. Uh, uh, someone said, Mozart, you know what? You don't have to work for your craft. It just comes to you like rain. And he said, oh, no, there isn't one decent composer I haven't studied over and over and over again. Mozart would have been a footnote in history, this kid that would play for the kings and queens of Europe wearing a saber on the stage. And that would have been it had he not taken that uh, that gift he had and taken it to even more extraordinary levels to become the world-changing artist. No, Uh we all come in to continue in the journey otherwise what's the point if you have graduated from school why are you coming back to school you're coming back because there's still more to learn but also we are part of the great plan of life we're also contributing and we all make our contributions in in our own way
2: so is the earth plane the only place where the physical reality takes place
3: well, in this solar system it is. <laughs> Although they're, they're saying now they're pretty sure there was life on Mars <laughs> at some point. We don't know what kind, but I think they're starting to find organic materials there. Um, uh-huh. uh, but the universe is alive. There's, there's plenty of other planets with life on them. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, back to the question about where did you get 800 from?
3: Well, 800, it's not a, an exactly a fixed number. There is a kind of a spiritual mathematical equation that adds up to 777. But as we explain in the book, there, it, there are cycles. There, there are 200 of what we call the instinctual levels, approximately. The biggest amount is the intellectual levels, about 500, because that's where we tend to accrue our karma. See, part of the problem that happens with when we accrue karma is instead of evolving, we can end up devolving. We can end up going down the spiritual ladder rather than up it. So then uh-huh. we've lost spiritual ground. It's like flunking school. And now we have to repeat and we have to rekindle. So those lifetimes are not all like the straight line upward. And then there are about a hundred in what we call the enlightenment. Many think enlightenment is just a one moment process, but no, no. It, there's a whole. There's many lifetimes connected to that. Again, even the story of, of Buddha, when he was Siddhartha, he went through other initiations before he had the great one, which made him the Buddha. So, enlightenment is a is a maturing process, and it happens over also oh many lives um, until you do truly reach that. You know. Again, in the new book, Heaven of Spiritual Evolution, we're saying you don't go to heaven, you grow to heaven. And that uh-huh. growth to heaven is about 800 incarnations, approximately, give or take some.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think... That, nobody has notches on their spirit someplace to say, well, I've only got a, number, you know, a certain number more to go, and then I'm perfect. Um, so when when we die... Uh, a good friend of mine just recently had a family member pass over mm-hmm. and and um she died from i don't know exactly, but it could have been an accidental drug overdose so when when something like that happens, when you leave a lifetime um, before your lifetime span was actually over um is is there What happens? I mean, you know, it's kind of like... You tend to reincarnate
3: quickly. You tend to reincarnate quickly. Yeah, they get... Because you didn't finish what you... Now, it's different if it's suicide. Okay. Um, But um, generally, it's... For example, there were stories of after World War II, babies being born and remember being in the concentration camps. Uh
0: You know,
3: so... um, yeah, and people in battle and when they die, sometimes prematurely. Now, it doesn't always mean you can die young and it's part of your karma. In that case, no, you continue to grow on the other side and continue your life over there. But if you didn't finish, again, if literally was literally cut short, then, yeah, generally you reincarnate quickly.
2: You know, I'm sitting here thinking... There must be some massive kind of computer up there that keeps track of all this.
3: Oh, there's a whole I, hierarchy I mean, that keeps track of all this. They're they celestial beings this is their area of expertise. Yeah, that they're 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 they are way above human level of evolution and they're they're they you know, they call them the lords of karma and they help regulate all of it. But they're doing it from a point of view that you know, it's hard for us to understand. But, yeah, no, it's all coordinated by God. None of this is happening sort of by itself. You know, the incarnating process (laughs) is incredibly uh, complicated. So there's a whole incredible, and that's one of the things you appreciate on the Uh other side. It's just how well life really is organized here at times it feels maybe a little disorganized, but there, <laughs> even if you're not in the evolved levels, you still realize there's a hierarchy guiding over all of this. And um, your tendency is to want to cooperate with them.
2: Well, you know, I always tell people it's easier to go with the flow than to paddle upstream. Um, you can paddle upstream. You're just not going to get anywhere. Uh, but it's been said in places that, when we enter this physicality, that, that there is, is sort of, um, I don't want to say a contract, but there, there are, I guess contract is a good word, Comes think of it, that, that in, in many ways there is a, a roadmap that has been designed for you or with you. It's with you, isn't it? I mean, don't you have a part in the planning for what is going to be worked on next and things like that?
3: Well, again, we've got to remember, if you're in school, usually the curriculum is prepared for you, right? Okay. So, yes, we we call it the tapestry of life, that when it does come time for you to start to get ready for your incarnation, again, essentially by God and these great celestial beings, there's a design, and they know the desires of your heart, they know... Uh, you know what, they, they see you in a better light than you can really see yourself in, really. And it's again for your betterment, but there's no way we can understand all the, all the dynamics of our different lifetimes. That's way beyond our, our pay grade. Uh, but we do have to agree to it. But again, you may say, well, why would somebody agree to, let's say, a life of being born lame or, or maimed or, or, um, you know, deformed in some way and live your life that way. Who would ever agree to that? Um, You are shown, well, look, by going through such an incarnation, look how much karma you resolve. Look how much you clean up. And then they say, sign me up. So there is a, in that sense, there is a higher perspective of things to realize that, okay, you know, there is a bigger cause, you do have to agree to it. Now, if you say, for example, gee, can we put singing in my, my lifetime? I love it so much. If it's not in conflict with your things you need to do, yes, of course, they will add it. And these things are not set in absolute stone. For example, let's say who people are meant to marry is part of their tapestry, but they don't. Well, then that part of the tapestry remains unfinished, but then they also try to bring perhaps somebody else into your life if one didn't work out for whatever reason. So there are adjustments that are made. Again, this is done out of love. This is not dictatorial. Um, But we also have to realize it's not just us, you know, our purpose and the things, it involves other people. And how do you coordinate all that? Just like you say, if you're putting together this massive project, there has to be somebody that's trying to say, okay, we need a person to do this, person to that, person to this, and then you try to find people to do that. And that's kind of what's happening there. Um, So, and then they empower you energetically to succeed. Yes, you forget that when you incarnate, you don't remember it consciously, but not completely. So again, you may meet somebody, you date many people, but this one person, it's like, I don't know, there's something special about them. And that could be an unconscious memory From your tapestry, saying, "Pay attention to this person. They're meant to be part of your life." And of course, you're in their tapestry. They're they're getting the same feeling back to you. Uh, And if you're not too preoccupied with other things, and you keep your mind clear and yourself pretty balanced, uh, you'll be able to pick up the signals.
2: I know there have been times in my life where I've I've said to myself. I know I had a part in planning all this, but I—I I must have been drunk or out of my mind that you know mm-hmm. I would—I I would set myself up like this, and and um, obviously those moments pass and stuff like that. But 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 thinking that that even the difficult situations that that transpire in your life, that there's a reason for it, that there's a purpose to it. And and um, if you're uncomfortable or if you're unhappy that that there's a there's a purpose and a reason, it's it, it's hard to go from the situation to the understanding that there's a purpose behind everything.
3: Or, well, again, or if you're it. trying to figure out what your karma, is, well, not I wouldn't say it is. It's not a fatalistic. Not everything happening in our life is necessarily part of our purpose again there are just natural dynamics going on but uh-huh. you've just got to pay attention to signals to the important things not everything's in that tapestry you know there's plenty left over but the big stuff you know the things that are going to you know the major life-changing those are the ones that are in there and that's why again you don't want to get too um You don't want to get caught up in problems of the moment where you can lose the bigger sense of what's really important in your life. That's that's sort of the big key. And then once you do that, then you're going to be in much, much better shape, which is why meditation is important. You know, if you're always go, 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 it's sometimes hard to listen to the divine, but if you're, Having moments of reflection, moments of insight, you know successful people were not successful because of one decision they were successful for multiple decisions that they made over time, and it was because they they took the time to evaluate those things and not and not usually rush to a judgment
0: on something.
2: well, I know that uh, that meditation and I would say that one of the the things that is recurring in almost almost every interview I do is that meditation is is suggested. It's, it's a part of getting in in touch with the the spirit within you, and it it's a it's a way of gaining greater peace and understanding of the things that are happening in life and. Um, at the, in the back of your book, there are, I think, 12 meditations that she wrote that, were, that are just beautiful. And, um, well,
3: meditations are the backbone of what we do. I mean, everything. Our whole work is based on, on meditation and prayer. So uh, if anyone in your listening audience is not yet meditating, I would just encourage them that that's fundamental. And pick what, a type of meditation that you feel comfortable with there are many different kinds. I love the meditations of working with Divine Light because it's so specific. You know, it gets you.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Okay, I need to work with love, but I need to work it in my thoughts. So I'll bring in the deep rose pink to my mental center. It, it can be you can target where you feel the need is, and that's just it's very exciting to do it that way.
2: Oh yeah, and and some of the illustrations are actually just beautiful in that showing that that um karma can be in someone's in in your aura and and um which i think it was fascinating and then then you got into the chakras which is is is, again one of my favorite places to be and um i want to go back to the meditations because someone that i had on a while back i think it was susan chumsky she suggested that you know when when you get a a meditation, like the beautiful ones that Barbara has done, that you read them into a tape recorder, and then you lead yourself through the meditation um, at a later date. And
0: well, you
3: you can do that, and you know we have a lot of recordings of our meditation. But what you really want to do, though, the you know when I started with Barbara, uh, I started as a student many years ago. There were no books. There were there was. You know, it was just us and her, and she was sort of the drill sergeant. You know, she would have us bring down light, and we learned, the, the you know, the way to express it and bring it in because, in a way, the meditation is a little bit like a prayer, and like a confessional. So we do recommend, yes, those prayers that say they're in the book, they're a great starting point. Uh-huh. But then I would recommend, you know, learning them, and just getting into your own sort of expression of them. Uh, because that, you remember, a prayer is, is literally a request, right? It's not a command. So right. you're petitioning God, and then you're opening the meditative part is the receiving part. So the reason the prayers can be effective, it's not that the divine already knows what you need, but when you're opening in a particular area, it's easier for the light to get in there. So if you have had a, you know, an issue in your world affairs and the heart center is very connected to your world affairs, asking the light to go there specifically works on your world affairs. And the fact that you made the request is like you're saying, I want the divine in this part of my life. And that cooperation is what helps to make some of the real effective changes.
2: You know it's it's it, again it's it's one of the things that everyone harps on um in, in that it's so important that you be able to get to that place within yourself where you can be open and receive what is available to you instead of instead of giving it a a it's sort of like being being more more invested in what spirit wants to give, than opposed to what you think spirit should give you. Um, yeah. Take your take your yeah. take your mind out of it. Um, a, a long time ago, when I was doing uh, readings on the show, I said to people, "You can't ask a question. I will give you what spirit gives me. It may not be what you want to hear, but it may be what you need to hear at this point in time." And I think that's well. There you go. That's what. Yeah. That's with with meditation. It's the same thing. You you can open. You can request a a, a a type of energy, but at the same thing at the same time, be open for what is most appropriate for you at that particular point in time. Because often, right. what we what we think is not what we need.
3: That yeah, happens too often.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of like it's sort of like, you know, getting behind the wheel of a car and and, and not knowing to step step on the accelerator. Um mm-hmm. You know, you 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 know what what can be what can be done with this power that you have, but in order to really utilize it you have to be open to the power on the other side that will synchronistically link with it and give you what you need. I think that's in, in my life. That has been probably one of the lessons that I was that I struggle with the most. You know, this is what I want, but it's not what I need. So, you know, give me what I need, and I'll I'll work on the wants myself. Yeah.
3: That's a big deal. That's a big thing. Sounds like you're already well on the road with that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I understand it. It's uh, I slip a lot, but then you know, the, like you said, we can make mistakes and we can come back again if we. If we don't quite finish it this lifetime, but I, I have found that that any spiritual teacher, um, their best teaching tool is their own journey. So uh, you know, it, it's every now and then when I when I screw up royally, it's like, well, this will be a great example to help people understand what not to do. <laughs> mm, great, it does oh,
0: help great. a lot. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But I think, but a lot of, today, a lot of people are going into their past life stuff, and and you know, according to you know your book and, and, and quite a few others actually, while learning about your past lives is is a good idea, most people get lost in, in you know the, the situation and the personalities, and they don't actually understand the lessons that were going on there. So, you yeah, know, it's hard to if, know what
3: those lifetimes really were. So that that's other the other problem. There's so many people say there. It, it is not easy to directly access your past lives, uh, and that is deliberate. Uh, and even that's why we don't recommend you know regression and things like that because it's often very inaccurate, and it's also again going subjectively into something not objectively. Now sometimes people will have a. A vision. I mean, um, Margaret Mitchell, uh, you know, Gone with the Wind fame, uh, huh? she said, I was Scarlet. <laughs> you know, so she may have had some vision that she was this, you know, southern belle, and it inspired her to write this novel. So sometimes we will get those promptings, and, of course, in those moments you want to pay attention to that. But, uh, you know, in the end, you'll, again, whether this side or the other, it, it will come back to you. And the important thing is, of course, to face what's in front of you. And um, if you sense like you've known somebody before, well, great. If that, but is that helping you to deal with that person now, whether pleasant or unpleasant? That's that's the big thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, and certainly friendships, too. I mean, when you get when you have someone who is just such a close friend that you can't believe it, um, you know there had to be a past life or some connection. Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, yeah, yeah I, most I would, likely. I would think
2: you would you would be curious as to what it was, but um, you know, it, it's it's yeah, I don't it's know. It's sometimes better
3: not to know. It really is not. You know, there was only one situation in all the years we did the karma work. Where a couple came in, they were having some problems, and it did come through that one that had literally, you know, murdered the other, like again five lifetimes ago, um, and she ended up holding it over him, you know. So, again, if you're working out your problems, you really need to know what happened. If you know if the problems are getting worked out. Now, sometimes when they're not if you are in the right frame of mind to understand, oh, this is why it's happening. So if that woman understanding, oh, my husband in a different life had murdered me, I'm not going to lord over him, but now I understand why I get so irritated with him. Um, it it can give you insight, but if it unconsciously triggers the anger all over again, then it could actually have a regressive effect and a progressive. So it's a very tricky thing with that, though. The karmic study is definitely a very delicate balance. But really, one of the big things you just want to take away, you know, there's always justice in even what seems an unjust world. You know, the big question is why is there suffering in this world? Why would God allow an all-loving, all-powerful God, allow all these problems in the world to exist? And when we realize there is a bigger purpose going on, that's an act of empowerment, not just thinking, you know, Either there is no God, this is all just happening randomly, or God must be cruel to let something like this happen. So if it gives you a better understanding how to manage life and how to deal with life, this is one of the things I've enjoyed so much about metaphysics, is not only does it answer so many of life's questions, but by answering those questions, you feel more empowered in life. You feel like you're more in control of your life, more creative in your life, because... You're understanding life better. You know, you just have a more mature picture of life.
2: So, so how do you know when it's karma you're working out or just a crappy situation? And, and we, we've hit this before. You okay.
3: You don't. You don't. I mean. And um, what you do is yes, in the book, because this is a question we've gotten many, many times, um, you know, we did create kind of a guide list of potential armic. and I put those in big letters there, so that again, uh-huh. if you feel checkmated in a situation, then okay, that could be a sign to let this strike you out of the blue, or like you say, irrational behavior. Why did this, like your neighbor, act like she did to you? When when yeah. when things like that happen. Rather than feel victimized, say, okay, wait a minute, there might be something here. Let me start using, whether it is exactly that or not, let me start using some tools. Now, you can say certain things when it comes to family and spouses and real quote, You've known these people before, for sure. Uh-huh. One of the reasons karma often happens within families is because, you know, yeah, you can walk away from a friend and not see them. If you don't like what they did, but it's not easy to walk away from your parent or your brother or sister, so you're going Definitely. to try to work it out. So, so by being in the family unit, it—I don't say it forces you, but it compels you to try to face whatever those situations are. Which is why family dynamics can be some of the most beautiful and also some of the most difficult.
2: Well, you know, they—it's—I it, uh, I found it interesting that there were. Um more souls that were quote unquote created than are incarnate on the planet at this time uh oh far more yeah. well what are they doing over there
3: living so <laughs> the so it there. isn't
2: oh it, yeah, that's where I was going, so it isn't just uh we 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 pass away, we go through a a period of of healing and and adjustment, and and then we don't don't necessarily reincarnate immediately. I I studied a great deal in the spiritualist church, and their philosophy was usually it was 100 years or so between incarnations. Um, I don't know if that's a... Uh, well, it's, I wouldn't
3: give a fixed number, but that, it could be that long. It wouldn't be much longer than that because you would lose touch. You know, again, if you have gone too long, you lose touch with the Earth plane a little bit. But it's usually about the same time that you spend here. You know, so again, if it's a normal, process, if I lived 80 years here, I I could live 80 years there. You know, uh-huh. um, but again, it all depends on what, on so many factors but yeah there's a there's a beautiful again in the heaven book we talk a lot about life on the other side and what what happens in that when you're just living you know there's the transition process and the incarnating process and that is related to earth but then once you're done with those things then there's life on the other side and and enjoying your life there and continuing your spiritual growth and you have friendships and you do work there you have activities it's it's a whole world there yeah
2: so so is the option to reincarnate i mean is, is if somebody i've i've had people say to me this is my last incarnation i'm not going to incarnate I know, I know. anymore yeah. and and i it's, not
3: a choice. At, it's not, i know i know nope. they mostly well, say first, that in frustration
2: well yeah you know, at first i used to argue with them and then i realized that yeah, you know, and I and I would say to them, you know, you're absolutely right. Your personality will not reincarnate again, but your spirit may have another thought. So Well you know, again, you are
3: you are not your, your body, right? So the body yes. and the persona go. But the soul and the inner life, of course you'll be coming back. And there's nothing wrong with that. What's only wrong is when you are coming back to finish something you could have done in this lifetime. So I know we have that so many times at workshops and stuff, and it's usually said in frustration, and it's usually said because they're going through a difficulty. And they're saying, I don't want to have to deal with this again. But the question is, if you are not finishing up the karma you could have this time, then, yeah, you're going to come back again. It'll be tougher. But why are you doing that? Take care of it now. You were given all the tools to succeed. So the question is just live up to your potential.
2: I think a lot of times though people don't realize what their potential actually is.
0: I'm talking
3: about the uh, potential to face your karma. In other words,
2: oh, we're, okay. we do we could
3: be we could be better trained. Look right now we live in an era where we don't like conflict. Right? We're yeah. not taught to face it and Again, like in marriages, oh, not good. I'm gone. We had one fight. I'm leaving you. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, it's a very uh, superficial way to live, and uh, um, we just have to realize there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics going on, and as we live with those, as we face them, again, well, I'm sounding like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but but the goal is, and really for your listeners today, is Look at the things going on in your life now, the big things, not like, oh, I got upset today. It must be my karma. And that's, that's silly stuff like that. But look at the big things of your life, where things seem to be going very well or where things may not be seem to be going so well. And take some time when you're not emotional about those things to look at them more through the eyes of spirit and try to make some evaluations. Is some of what I'm going through here karmic? And if they are, then, you know, what am I meant to learn from all of this? And the lesson is something I'm meant to do. You know, uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, what am I meant to do in these situations? And like you said, you'll you'll get, you know, spirit will give you not when it's what you want to hear, but will give you what you need.
2: Yeah, and I think so many people will say, you know, I know that, that I'm supposed to be doing something, you know, I know spirit is driving me. That there's something important I need to do, and I can't figure out exactly what it is. And you know, it, it's you know, and I, and I explain. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, a world leader. It it could easily mean no, you have not. to learn. You know, and and that's what I most people don't get it. Their purpose could be a very simple adjustment to their life that makes them a better person. And you know, I, I had one woman say, "Well, I'm I'm just here to serve humanity," and and you know, I, I said there has to be something more. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all here to serve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I exactly. Mean, exactly.
2: Yeah, you know, it's 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 fascinating because I am finding more and more people who are on a spiritual journey, but they don't exactly know what it means, which I find fascinating. Well, and, it's and not a, really
3: well taught, yeah. Yeah. It's not really well, I mean, again, what is spiritual growth? That's a big question, yeah. yeah. That's a good question. So remember, metaphysics is still kind of coming out of the, I don't want to say out of the closet, but it's been in secret for so long that we um, are uh, still in what we call the clarion call days of metaphysics. Hopefully, as more and more people keep getting interested in this and pursue it, we'll be able to get in a much more you know golden age of, of this study, and it'll also be a little more standardized where it'll be understood better, you know, some of the precepts. But, yes, right now you're, we're trying to kind of sort through it, but there is a grand purpose to your life. There is a potential, and you know in your heart what it is, but you do have to, the, the great mystic teaching, seeking of the philosopher's stone sets the condition to find it. So you've got to go out and and seek it, and so you do find it.
2: Well, I know a lot of uh, thousands of years ago, there used to be, um, gosh, in in Greece or Rome, um, they had places where people would go to dream, and then have people help to interpret the dreams. I mean, the the aspects of of communicating with our spirit were far more. accepted and utilized back back so many thousands of years ago than they are today. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I cringe sometimes when people try to analyze themselves and, and all they're doing is using, I mean, and, and I, I don't mean to, you know, they'll get a couple of books and figure that they can figure their life's purpose out with them. And the reality is their life's purpose is living their life, as well as they can, and helping other people as best they can. And it's not in a book. It's different for every person. And so, you know, any group of books can only give you, in many ways, the philosophy of the people that wrote that book, and they don't always necessarily apply to you. So, you know, you you look for books that you feel you resonate to. I very much resonated to your book. Um, it it made perfect sense to me, and it it sort of felt comfortable, so that it felt like it fit for me, and mm. you know, right. so so I I think that that you know there are a lot of people out there that are kind of walking in the dark. They they really are on a spiritual journey, but they they just don't know where to go and how to get there.
3: Well, there there is I mean. In the end, you you know, we can only do so much on our own. Uh, uh-huh. I, I tell people I I could have read every metaphysical book in the Library of Congress, and not gotten what I've gotten from my my studies with Barbara. In the end, you, you know, in India you'd be studying with a guru, or in ancient uh-huh. Greece you'd be studying with a hierophant. Uh, you you do there, this is a an ancient tradition. That yes, it has been kind of underground for a long time. But in the end, um, once you feel you've gone as far as you can on your own, so to speak, uh, then you want to find somebody that can help you go further. I mean, in any craft, in anything you do, you go to school or you don't just pick up a couple books and say, I'm going to be a brain surgeon. You know, you, you, you have to study hard. And the most demanding field of all, your soul's growth, also has an enormous training connected to it. Yeah, you know, we had people in our class who have been working with us twenty years, and it's, sure. it's not a simple journey, right? It's not—it's not something that have. Ha- it's really like a lifestyle choice in a way, um, because you're saying I'm making this part of my part of my life. Yeah.
2: It is. It is a lifetime journey. I mean, I've, like I said, I've been involved in the field for over fifty years, <laughs> and yeah. um, a long time ago, somebody said to me you know, you should be doing this full-time. And at the time I was teaching school, and I said, well, you know, when I retire, this is what I will do. And um, and so I had a car accident, so I, I was retired uh, 25 years early because of the car accident, which meant I could then go into this field full-time. But um, I, I often think if I had just had the courage to, to quit teaching and get into this field permanently, if I could have avoided the car accident. Um, well, but, but
3: I don't know about that. Yeah,
2: that it, it might have been
3: it, the impetus. But I don't know if it was. It would have been different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's well. It's it's kind of like you 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 want to know <laughs> you're doing the right thing. You want to know that this is not an ego trip, and. That's a hard thing to do. All of this on faith sometimes, and and Well, but anything on faith
3: will, is not always easy. Yeah. No, I
2: absolutely. I mean, but that's
3: why you 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 know that's why again Socrates invited you to challenge your beliefs and to uh, not not in a mocking way to put yourself down or or but uh, sometimes we're holding on to things that aren't true. I mean, look at that Uh guy that went into a pizza parlor and thought there was a pedophile ring in the basement. He was with a gun, and my God, he was convinced that was the truth, right? They called it the Pizzagate story. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, what was interesting there, though, was, you know, he went in there. He demanded to to get to the basement. He saw a door, and, of course, you know, he's got a gun. They think he's going to shoot people. Um, And when he opens the door, it's not not only – is there no pedophile ring? There's no basement. The whole thing was made up. But at the, at the initial thing, he couldn't compute all that. So he just said, oh, you know what? I got bad intel. But <laughs> by the time his case got to trial, he woke up. So in the end, truth reveals itself. This is what I'm trying to say. When you're not sure about something, if you keep pursuing truth, the truth will eventually show itself. And, yes, sometimes we we do mislead ourselves. You're absolutely right. Um, But if our intentions are right, eventually the the reality will come through, and that's what we want to do. And that's all that we can do. But, you know, some of the best things in life we have to pursue without proven fact. I mean, you you have to, if your heart's telling you go this way, you you have to trust your heart that it, it knows something.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I, there, there are times yeah. where I, I will say, I know this for for, I, I know this to be the truth for for me, um, but I have no proof. And you know, I I I will follow through on on those aspects, whatever it is. You know, happily, it's never anything. You know, like a major financial whatever, because that would be disastrous. But.
0: Yeah, but I think yeah.
2: one one of the things that that I, I have personally found is that patience is something that that is really important for this journey, having patience with yourself and, and patience with waiting for material to come through as opposed to, you know, if I don't hear anything, then I'll, you know, it's kind of like, well, if you don't send me a telegram, I know that this is wrong. You know, it, it's kind of like, putting the universe on on the on the on the line oh, here Oh, No, saying, yeah, okay. no. When you
3: that that's like no, that, that that won't work out. Yeah, no, you 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 know, if you're demanding something of the divine, you're gonna be waiting a long so oh, yeah. it's more um uh like you said, letting it happen and realizing, you know, the rose will bloom in its in its own time. We have a some you know, we live in Southern California we have some trees in the backyard and One of them is this uh, 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 lemon tree that produces, like, constantly. This other one is this clementine tree, and it is so – it's going to do it when it wants it. And I just (laughs) saw them just starting to bloom now. Maybe the other one can do it five times the time this one tree does it once. And that's just the way that tree works. So what are you going to yell at that tree and say, how come you can't bloom like the other one can? So, that, yeah, no, you have to let things happen in God's time. But don't be lazy. Yeah. Pursue the things you need to. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that, yeah, that's that's the important thing. Rather than sitting and waiting for something to happen, if if what you're waiting for isn't yeah. happening, there are other things you can work on that you, yeah. you, you, know, oh, if, sure. you know, touch those things you have control over and those things you don't have control over, have patience right. with, um, you know. It's it's kind of like a, it 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 is an amazing journey, and you know, frustration hits everyone from time to time. But that it's it's just a matter of okay, get a grip, you know. Have have some chocolate cake or something, and then get on with life again, because
0: because it, it will work
2: out. And and, and mm-hmm. I think that's seems. That's the important thing people don't realize. it will all work out, um
0: yeah.
2: and what what doesn't you know you'll 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 hit again later on, next lifetime if you have to, or five lifetimes down the road but <laughs> um i I've had um people come into my life and they go out of my life and not felt that things were finished and and realized that that okay there will be another lifetime where this will work out it wasn't it felt almost right this lifetime but it wasn't so if it's really meant to be it'll happen at some point in time down the line but you, you know, go. this wasn't yeah. this wasn't the time <laughs> right right and I, <laughs> and I think I think one of the other things that is really important meditation of course absolutely um, one of the most important things but journaling also helps in trying to figure things out i i have found for me anyhow
3: well there you go. Um, yeah well putting your ideas on paper is a good idea yeah definitely
0: definitely
3: or
2: you know i will um, i will i will sit down and and put at the top of the page so what was my lesson here and i will always find a lesson um whether I apply it and then follow through with it, it's a whole other ball of wax. But, you know, you, you can recognize where, where a lesson is. And the important thing, I think, is that every lesson has m- many different levels. So it's not just one level. There are subtleties that follow through. And sometimes when you get, you get the big part, but you don't get the subtleties, and then you're confused when that lesson appears again in your life.
3: Well, but that also means it's not learned yet. Yeah. If the lesson keeps repeating itself, it means it's not learned. You're on the road to learning it, but you haven't actually learned it. Once it, That's the beauty of karma. Once you resolve your karma, it's no longer there. It's no longer an issue. So, so if you're dealing with something and you're still feeling it, since it's just uh, of unresolved. It means you're on your road, but it hasn't become part of your soul energy yet. It's a little bit like forgiveness. If you say you forgive somebody and you're still mad at them, well, you haven't forgiven them yet. You know, you you're on the road to that, but you haven't actually done it yet, which just means, okay, I got a little more work to do. Yeah, yeah. But I would say it's just it. to kind of you know recap some of the things for just again for your audience here is that um, you know you're you're we're all part of this great cosmic story. And we're all playing, you know, an indispensable role. Um, No one is left, no one is, in the eyes of the divine, everyone is essentially important. It doesn't matter if you're the baker or the president of a country. It's all part of the same process. So understanding that you are part of this grand cycle of life, the idea is it's supposed to give you a sense of empowerment and yes, a sense of purpose to know that you are part of something greater. And as we say, especially towards the end of the book, you know, bless the past because it brought you to where you are. Um,
0: uh-huh. Plan
3: for the future, that is your destiny, but live in the present, because this is where God is. So the past really doesn't exist anymore. All that exists from that time, is the energy that you're bringing into where you are this moment. So what you want to do is say, okay, if I have brought something that's not so wonderful into this moment, I just got to clean it up. That's all. You know, don't, don't be hard on yourself or, or easy on yourself. And if you've done something wonderful and you're feeling the effects, why do I seem to, you know, be having just all these great things happen. Well, you've earned that, too. And, by the way, you're supposed to enjoy that. You're not supposed to – now, it's one thing to indulge in it, but to enjoy it, uh, That the soul needs that experience because it needs to know, oh, this is what it feels like to succeed. That's a great feeling. You, you just, you've you got to give the soul a chance to experience that um, as as part of everything, and then – you know yeah like when we're finished we'll have our life reviewed the, the best thing that they can say to us after that is hey great job you finished everything uh we got a great plan for your next life <laughs>
2: <laughs> what happens what happens though to people like hitler um people who have been excessively dark excessively cruel um when they cross over. They
3: have a long road. Um, they have a long road home. They have a long road home. Because most of those people don't even realize what they've done when they cross over. So they, they, they've got a long, long road home. But even they, eventually, every knee bent. Maybe a long, long time. Because remember, he didn't work alone, right? He had a lot of people right. working with him. So it wasn't uh-huh. a solo effort. He wasn't just this solo maniac running down the street. So a lot of people were in agreement with what he was doing. So he will be a, have to atone for his part. Every single person will have to atone for their part. And there's there's no getting around that. But that was also a world karma that was coming in. So there was a lot of dynamics that came in with that. I mean, it's was, it was right there, you know, world war, right? I mean, the 20th century oh, yeah. saw the first world wars. Yeah. So there's a lot of drama going but Yes, he'll have a long road back. There's no question about it. Because, from what I understand, when, when he died, he, you know, when his last days, he wasn't saying, "Oh, what have I done?" He was blaming everybody else. So he did not see the error of his ways. Yeah,
2: and and I think what, what really got to me is that he started out um, a very creative person. He, He was really a not bad artist. So he had creativity flowing through him, and, and I guess it was the World War and the fact that he was hit by the um, mustard gas and blind for a while and, and, you know, corruption set in. But but did he come into that lifetime to turn that way? Well, I don't. I mean.
3: Well, the point is, regards of no, I mean, it's always our choice to take the right or the left-hand path. And yeah. sometimes we make the mistake of taking the left hand path. We have to go through those lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's, part, it's part of the life experience. You just, we, all, we all have to pass that bridge at some point. Remember, there's a lot of lessons in life. It's 800 lifetimes to life, right? <laughs> so there's a lot we have to go through. There's a lot of life. life Earth is a very rich learning center. There's a lot of opportunity here.
2: so, a so we wonderful, all have had, wonderful place. Most probably all of yeah. us have had at least a lifetime or two where we have messed up.
3: Oh, more than and, that.
2: Well, well than I was that. being. <laughs> a lot more than
3: that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, you've got to be truthful about these things. We've had definitely more lifetimes of good, but the problem is when we have those lifetimes of not good, it's a big mess to clean it up. It's yeah. the lifetimes to clean it up. So it's not a little thing to get back on, on track again. I mean the big mistakes. I don't mean to step on someone's pulse. But yeah. when you've done murder and all these other things, and, you know, we all go through that. We've all been the murderer. We've all been the murdered. We've done the robbing. We've been robbed. Again, every there's a season for everything under the sun and one of the things you learn about karma is that yes you really have done it all so you know let he is without sin cast the first stone no one can do that
2: because no. there is
3: always we've everyone has done something at some point we all have a path so that's the forgiveness Okay, good.
2: Well, and and, yeah. and you know we don't rec- we can't <clears throat> we can't recognize something unless we've experienced it.
3: Well, yeah, that's you're learning from experience, right?
2: Yeah. So that uh but you know, I often wonder about those mm-hmm. people that had such evil connected to them, you know, that that <clears throat> do they often spend more time on the other side after that lifetime? Um, just sort of they can they can retraining
3: yeah depends how far down they go yeah it's a it's not a good situation yeah it's not a good situation so yeah but uh, they yeah again remember evil is a behavior it's not an identity so yeah it's something we do it's not who we are yeah
2: well you know I think of somebody like Rasputin um like, you know, there there are these these people throughout time that that you know have been been you know uh, chronicled, and you know you kind of wonder what happened that that they evolved into that place that they took the wrong turn that well they, they what, didn't evolve
3: it? they devolved they didn't evolve evolved. they devolved okay. yeah they they went the other way. No, that's not an evolution, that's a devolution. They're losing ground. They're losing, they're falling from spirits. They reach a certain place and they just got absorbed in whatever it is. You know, lust, passion, power, who knows what it is. But we have to pass through those things. mm -hmm.
2: So basically we, we, we... Reincarnate and reincarnate, and it's sort of like it's not just a, a one-way trail. That, that every now and then we backdraft a little bit, and then we we grow beyond where that backdraft was in the, in the in the in the lifetimes yet to come. Is that basically it?
3: Well, the way I like to describe it is, our evolution to the heaven worlds is not a straight line upward. It's up and down. It kind of looks like a stock market graph. Up and down, but the overall arc is upward. Yeah, the overall arc is upward. Yeah, and then finally, the soul gets it and it says enough of all of this, and then it really wants to get off the wheel, and then it's very focused. You know, when it gets to that point, but but you have to evolve to that point. It doesn't. So when they
2: when they get off the wheel, what do they do then? I mean, live on the other side, but they. Do, do they...
3: Yeah, they continue um, their evolution on the other side, yeah. The evolution continues. It doesn't stop. Just the evolution on physical earth stops. Well, not hmm. it stops. It concludes
0: itself, yeah.
2: So so, so then those that are on the other side, permanently do they turn and help others who are, not turn, but do they then help other people that are, Still on the wheel with their with their process. Yeah, yeah.
3: Many times, not not everybody does that, but many do. Yeah, because they're they're very compassionate. They understand what, having gone through it themselves. Yeah.
2: So, so once they've gotten off the wheel, there are there new levels that they would they would work towards beyond beyond that.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, evolution is is keeps going. You keep you keep evolving. Absolutely. But obviously, you're in a wonderful place at that point, so you've got a lot of spiritual power and you've learned a lot of lessons, so your soul's in great shape yeah that's that's the place we want to get to <laughs> once we get to it's, there we're 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 singing we're humming <laughs> yeah.
2: it, okay so it is it is a journey right. is there ever a final destination, or does the journey just get better and better and better and better
3: well no we re- uh, well didn't we I thought didn't we talk about having your spiritual evolution? Excuse me for asking huh? that, but um I maybe mean, I forgot that I thought I thought we were on the show. But there is a um that's a whole other subject. I think we gotta go on another session for that one. <laughs> but you return from the place where you started, basically. Okay. You know? But but not as a not as a baby, not as an infant, as a matured being. So no no, there is a Again, there's a whole lot to talk about there. There's, there's yeah, you you are growing to the divine source. That's where you're aiming for, and you started from there. But you started as an infant, and you've been on this beautiful pilgrimage to grow. Creation, universe is all about growth. It's all about development. That's why it's here. God created this universe as our spiritual playground and where we learn and grow and develop ourselves and express our talents and creativity and inherent powers. That's, that's the purpose of the universe.
2: And and yet there's only one planet that we reincarnate in the physical. What's the purpose of all the rest?
3: Well, I don't know what you mean. We're, well, you we're just he, one little group in one corner of the universe. There are other planets and other solar systems.
2: Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, it, it's really yeah. too bad we we don't have memory of all that because it would, you know, grant granted it would blow a lot of people's minds. But it just seems to me that that knowing how long the journey has been and how profitable it's been as far as gathering power and knowledge and wisdom and and talents and skills and understanding mm. so 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 where am I going to take all of this? How am I going to continue to to grow and to share i mean our 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 purpose is to evolve the spirit i mean that's that's why we're here, but you know the the overflow of of our growth does does touch other people's lives and and help them as well so yeah
0: well
3: we're all supporting each other yeah. Definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah, I think that's. So many people say, "Well, I'm not here for me. I'm here for other people," and that's, you know, I don't buy that. I think, you know, we're here for our own spirit, and and if our evolution helps others too, that's 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 wonderful. But but you know, we're not here to serve other people. We're here to to grow.
0: Well,
2: otherwise we wouldn't be here. To here. We're,
0: we're
3: here, yeah yeah but we i mean we are we're serving God and we're serving you know and we're growing through that process of doing that yeah
2: uh-huh yeah it, it's it's right. very exciting and 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 your book is is just it's an enlightening experience, and it doesn't necessarily have to be read in order i I know a lot of people skip around and and I think that the information um your book is a, is a book for me that is meant to be read slowly. You know, you read a section. Oh yeah, there's a lot you, in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. And and yeah. Um, I mean, I read it in 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 a week, and and it really should be stretched out much longer because you you should have the time to sit and work on the section and apply it to your life. And and become comfortable with the process that's going on there, so that you can you know move forward to another section, and it's it's you know there there are lots there are books like this where you know you, you spend time with each part of it because it's so important that you understand it and be able yeah. to grow through it.
3: Well, it so takes time you, to you, absorb the principles. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh. There's yeah. a lot
3: there, yeah, and it was designed as a sort of a resource book too, because we use it in our classes as a as a textbook. Um, but I just, said, yeah. So I think good metaphysical books are ones that you can. There's something you read for a long time because if, if the inspiration is strong, then there's always something new you're going to get, or many times something new you're going to get from it. So um, oh,
2: absolutely! So great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
3: And,
2: and and your your illustrations too, especially with with um, the fact that that those people who are important in your life that you yes. have um, karma with that we're working on or positive karma do appear in your. Or the, the illustrations are beautiful, so that. Uh, oh
3: thank you. Yeah, we worked on those. Yeah, made sure to get them it, as good as we could. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it it really does give you an idea as to how people to float within your energetic field basically and, and mm-hmm. the, you know when karma is done they sort of disappear and and they're no longer there so and right. and those with with the good karma that that we we can mm-hmm. grow with and and you know they're still there too and um just the illustrations are beautiful people will absolutely love them um I notice our time is getting short. Do you want to let people know where they can find you and and, sure, and your book?
3: Sure, sure, sure. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So the book is available in any stores. Carmen reincarnation, Barbara Martin, Dimitri Moraitis. and um, our website is spiritualarts.org. Uh, Spiritual Arts Institute. We're in Encinitas. Online classes, in-person classes, and uh, we welcome you. You know, we appreciate. And thank you for all the work that you're doing to to get the the word out, so to speak, and get things moving. And yeah, we've been Barbara's been teaching at 20, 50 years too, and and uh, um, I've been working with her. Oh my God, almost forty now. So um, so yeah, this is uh, you know a labor of love for sure.
2: Isn't it exciting that you're always learning though?
3: That's the yeah I love it. and working with great people. I mean you know you're working with people that are trying to better themselves. So that makes uh-huh. it a a really pleasant journey to have a fellowship like that.
2: Yeah, I've I've often said to people that that this show and the people that I interview are my PhD program. Um, oh, there you go. I found people that that have material that I'm in, in you know intrigued by, and then I talk them into coming onto the show and lecturing me for two hours for free. So uh it's <laughs> it's it's a very exciting way to grow and and I'm so grateful to you for, for spending the time to come on and to talk and and to share your material with us. And um please thank Barbara for me because
0: uh
3: well, her work is
2: beautiful. So we will so well, much. thank you
3: for having me on and having us on
2: <laughs> directly <laughs> yeah, yeah yes
0: yeah.
2: you are so welcome, all right. and yeah. uh, I'm gonna look at some of the other books too see if we can't get you on for some of them because they're all really good, so thank you again okay. Sounds
0: good you.
2: thank you, and, thank uh, you for having me oh, on. you're so welcome, and so everybody, thank you so much for listening. um, this will be up on YouTube shortly, and um. If you enjoy it, please follow us on, on YouTube and uh, get this book. This book is, uh, is really something that you can grow with and probably read more than once or twice or three times and get something out of every time. So thank you again. Good night. We will, we will be here again tomorrow night with Mark Eddie. He's got a phenomenal person on too. So do check us out tomorrow night as well. Good night, everybody.